Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Now, let's jump into this week's message from Pastor Blaine. If you would join me in Matthew chapter 11, we're going to re- begin reading in verse 28. Spend just a couple of minutes here. Just want to remind you. You know, it's funny to me when I, I, I sense attention, I sense attention at church, in church, church people. Uh, and, and when you think about relationships outside the church, it's 10 times worse. Everybody's trying to navigate these days. And so over the break, uh, Christmas, I just started thinking, man, what do, Lord, what do you want people to know? And, and this idea of refreshment just can, people just need to just, I don't know that he said this, I'm just kind of, just chill out and trust me. People need to remember what's available to them. They need to remember who I am and quit trying to worry about who everybody else is. In fact, there was one sp- particular time that the Lord grabbed me. Now, I'm going to just give you this as an illustration. You can do whatever you would like to do with it, okay? Sometimes he speaks to me. Uh, and I don't mean in a weird way. I mean, I guess it is weird. But uh, one day I was driving down the road and he told me to turn my radio off. So, b- by the way, that's probably not a bad idea sometimes, just to turn it off. Just, he ain't going to speak. He's not going to yell over the radio uh, or the TV. And so I turned the radio off in obedience, and the sound, the sound was so nice. Uh, but then he, uh, he, began, he began to talk to me. Now, again, not audibly, but I began to hear him. And I was, I am, I'm really, I don't want to get into a lot about me. I just want you to know where this comes from. And uh, uh, you know, who, who am I? What are we supposed to do? How, how does, what, what shifts? What doesn't shift? What is shifting in people? How do you pastor people when they already got all the answers and they're hearing all their information from other places? And I just, I just want to be faithful to the people that God gives me. And, and, you know, some people aren't around and some people are around and it's new faces and how do we assimilate them in? And, and so here's what the Lord said. He said, who do people say that I am? And I said, well, some people say you're a Sunday morning service. Some people say you're over there in that room. Some people say that you are certain songs. Some people say that you're Sunday school. Some people say that you're Wednesday night Bible study. Some people say you're all sorts of things. And he said, well, do you remember when I asked that question the first time and, and those guys gave me their answer? Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Those were good answers. And there's a lot of truth in those answers. But they were all wrong, just like people today are all wrong about who I am. And then he followed up with the second question. Who do you say that I am? And I said, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, then why, why aren't you living that way? Why, why can't just a relationship with me be enough? Why does it have to be all this other stuff and here's how it, the means and the modes and the processes and the systems that's been created where people have truly pigeonholed me and you know what happens when you pigeonhole God? Turn on the news. He's bigger than that. So much bigger than that. He's bigger than our lists. He's bigger than our programs. He's bigger than our churches. In fact, the church isn't God. He gave us the church as a gift. 
So I begin to really process through what does it mean? What I mean, if we're not going to try to, and again, this sounds a little bit, it's embarrassing, but if the goal isn't to get back to what church is supposed to be, then how do we do this? We've never done this before. We've never, we've never fallen in love with a Christ, the son of the living God, without the mechanisms that we inherited. What does it look like now? So that's where I'm at. And so where he drove me to was, if I didn't have the tool or the resources of the church, how are we going to accomplish the mission? Because listen, the church early on didn't have the systems that we inherited. And a whole lot of times the system has been the thing that has kept us distracted. And so I, and again, I know some of you are getting nervous and some of you are saying, what in the world is he talking about? But I just want you to know kind of how I feel like the Lord is leading me as we lead one another to what does it look like to live in a post-Christian, post-COVID existence where our number one and only obligation and mission is to tell the world about the Christ, the son of the living God. Isn't that the point? Listen, the point isn't about how many people can you get into the room and how many people are you running in Sunday school and what is the church budget? That ain't the point. And if that's what we want to argue over, I'm probably done. The point is, how many people are we influencing for the kingdom's sake? And we don't need structures and programs to do that. We need people who know who Jesus is and have been with him. That's all we need. And so I began to process what does God, what are the promises that God gives to God's people? And and I started realizing it's this idea of being refreshed. If we could just stay fresh in the spirit, then we would always know how to give a defense for the faith that we have, the hope that we have, as Peter says. And so I want to just encourage you, kind of dislodge for a moment and just rest in him. Don't rest in your past and don't rest in your truths and don't rest in your church systems. Just take a breath and refresh in him. And then he will he'll take us the next step, whatever that's going to look like. So let's be satisfied in his presence. That's what real refreshment looks like. So I started carving out. What does it say when David strengthened himself or encouraged himself in the Lord? You know, he, he goes from encouraging himself to encouraging himself in the Lord. And, and then we talked about, and, and by the way, to me, that wasn't an incredibly encouraging message. And then you go to the next, you talk about King Asa. When refreshment is in the title, you'd hope you'd walk away feeling all right. But I've been walking away from refreshment feeling kicked in the teeth. Last week, Hezekiah kicked in the teeth. Where is refreshment? So all along, what the Lord has been showing me is that there's work to be. If you want to be refreshed, it ain't easy to be refreshed. It ain't a matter of just letting go. It's a, there's work to be done. And so today we're going to culminate Matthew chapter 11. Believe it or not, the message is almost finished. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
Now, what I want to do is just to work through some of these key words and see what is Jesus actually saying to us? Because if once we come to Jesus, if we were to take a poll, most of us come to, have come to Jesus. I would also say that most of us have a heavy laden burden placed squarely upon us and we feel anxious and anything but refreshed. And so if Jesus offers a refreshing, why don't I feel refreshed? So the first word is dute, not duty. Dute, it means, the word is, the word is come. And it is a, a word uh, that includes a hastening, a, a hurry up, a, a come on already is what he is saying. Don't hesitate, don't delay, come now. And, and the word also isn't addressed to an individual. This word come is addressed to multitudes. So the encouragement is to masses, to come together. Who? All who labor, or some translations say weary. And that word means to work under a burden. Now, the implication here in the original language is a physical burden. It's, it means to be physically tired, physically strained. And then he says, and heavy laden. Now, obviously we know because of the fall, life is full of being laden. But Jesus says, heavy laden, beyond just laden. The word is used of emotional strain. So Jesus is including both of those things here. To those of you who are physically exhausted and emotionally exhausted, come to me in mass. This particular word, the emotional strain, means due to precepts or restrictions. The implication that Jesus is giving here and who he is uh, uh, speaking about and to are people who are wrapped up in religious rules. People who emotionally are tied into keeping the rules in order to have peace. And I will give you what? Rest. Believe it or not, that word is an action verb. An action verb. It means to be able to stop, to give yourself permission to stop and take a breath, to offload for just a bit, to come out from underneath. You know, if you're carrying something heavy and sometimes you need to set it down, that's what the word means. Just, just let something go for a little bit. You see, what Jesus is saying is we've been fighting against a load, carrying a load, and sometimes we didn't even know we were carrying it. And it gets heavier and it gets heavier. Jesus is saying, exchange with me. I want you to watch as you watch me. We've already read it, so I want you to go back in there and look at it. But he says, I want you to, I want you to watch me pick up your load. Come, learn from me. Give me your load and watch how I carry your load. Now, you can still go through the motions with me, but just know when it comes to the literal carrying of the load... I'm carrying the weight. You're just learning muscle memory. Isn't that wonderful? That's what Jesus is saying. Whatever the burden is in your life, whatever, it's, whatever result it's coming from in your life, whether it's anxiety or if it's fear, if it's finances, if it's relationship, most of the time it's a heart issue related to sin. These heavy weights that we carry and it's one right after the other and it's relentless and we walk and we love Jesus. But we're carrying the weight. And Jesus said, stop. Take a break. 
offload and watch how I carry it. Remember, Jesus was a man just like us. We need to learn from him and see how he carries the weight of life. Do we see Jesus anxious and frustrated? Do we see Jesus complaining about government? Do we see Jesus complaining about finances? No, we see Jesus choosing to glorify his father. Learn from me. How do you deal with daily anxieties in your life? Exactly the way Jesus did, because we're learning to walk in step with him. You still go through the motions, but whenever you give it to Jesus, listen, he wants, he wants us to learn how to carry the load while we let him carry our load. And then the world can watch us carry the load, not knowing that we're not even carrying the load at all, Jesus is, but when they see that, they'll see a hope in us that grumbling and complaining will never reveal. I'm tired of the grumbling and complaining. It's not the kingdom. What Jesus is saying is, Give it here, right now. Give it to me. But hold this, it's light. He said, for I am gentle, or meek. That word is actually translated uh, meek as well, which just simply means you know, strength under control. He is always patient and long-suffering. He also calls himself lowly in heart, and, and, and that word means humble in his emotions. Here it means the, the, phys, the physical center of a man, how a man lives his breathing life, but also how he lives his emotional life. This word that Jesus uses, the word cardia, which is where we get our idea of cardio, right? It's, it's how we live, you know, healthy heart, healthy mind. We know how that works together. It's where it comes from. What Jesus is doing is taking that physical strain and that emotional strain and showing us that they can coexist with each other. and you will find rest. That's a different word than the rest that he mentioned just the previous verse. This rest means to cease from motion, to take a, to take a break, to, to take an intermission. And then he uses the word, I use it a lot, I'm gonna use it again. The word is souls. Your souls will find rest. That word is suke. You hear me talk about it all the time. The soul, and, and again, one of the markers of my ministry here, I believe, is going to be that we understand that, that the part that lives forever is, is the spirit of man, not the soul of man. The soul of man is part of the fallen creation. The soul is where the emotions reside. So when Jesus is talking about find rest for your souls, he's not talking about being saved. He's talking about finding the mental energy to be Jesus. He's talking about being able to be centered in our emotions and our thinking and to be able to take every thought captive. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's the emotional center of a man. Our breathing, where we think. Ultimately, what Jesus is saying is that there is no rest. There is no refreshment apart from Jesus Christ. That's it. It does not, cannot exist. There is no alternative. The life you live, the, the physical, the mental, the emotional life, it's cumbersome, it's hard, it's heavy, it's burdensome. It weighs us down. It causes us to become paralyzed and calloused, exhausted, apathetic, cynical, hateful, bitter, reclusive, angry. 
And when everybody knows that whenever you are emotionally drained, you start feeling it in your body too. They all, everybody will tell you that tension, stress starts affecting you in your joints and in your everything that I have. It affects you. They're connected together. But without Jesus Christ, you're just affected. You're going to be affected because the weight and the burden of the world is due to the nature of sin. And so if you're going to live in this world, you're going to have trouble physically and emotionally. There's only one way for your spirit and your, for your soul and your body to experience refreshment. And that's to be informed by the spirit. And you can't be informed by the spirit if your spirit has not received the resurrection of Jesus Christ and live in it. We've got to live in the resurrection of Christ offloading these things that are fallen and falling away and live in the spirit and find joy and peace and hope on our faces and in our hearts and in our families and in our money and in our relationships outside these walls. Reflect. I know it sounds like, you know, I'm, I'm learning this myself because it's counterintuitive. But refreshment does not come from checking out or taking a break emotionally or mentally or venting or learning to live with more and more distractions. These have proven and will continue to prove ineffective and, uh, and, they, and they always have. Now they may work for a moment, but not because they work, but because they're a distraction. For instance, when you are able to tap out on a Friday, for those of you who work Monday through Friday, what day of the week do you look most forward to? And I could probably even say what time of the day on that day of the week. We all want Friday afternoon to come, right? Friday afternoon. And I know some of your employers go to church here too. I know you love your job. But we do, we look forward to the break. Why? Because we can just tap out and our time is our own, right? How long does it take on Monday morning for it to become a Monday that rest over the weekend, how, how much good did it actually do? Mondays have a reputation for a reason, by the way. Or how many vacations have you ever gone on to just get away, detox, relax, to come home more tired, more anxious, and within the first 10 or 15 minutes wishing you were back on vacation? It doesn't work. To, to refresh the body, can't, the body can't be refreshed. To refresh the soul, I don't care how much transcendental meditation you do or how much yoga you do, that, that soul, within minutes, it's gonna come flooding right back. In the moment, it's great. It comes right back. The only way to experience full rest, the full offload of the weight, is for the spirit to inform the body and the soul. And most of the time, that's the thing we avoid. Oh, well, I have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy relaxing. There's no help for our physical or our mental or our emotional burdens apart from being renewed spiritually. It seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? If you're physically tired, you rest physically. 
But when your spirit becomes alive, all three of these things are directly tied in together. And you don't get your life anymore from the body. And you don't get your life anymore from the soul. Now, both of these entities draw life off of the spirit. That's why when we find that Jesus, Jesus doesn't give us strength, he is our strength. Je- Jesus doesn't offer us hope. He is our hope which is why it is so important for us to be in him and he in us. We are in him and he is in us. And when we forget that, then we deserve to be nervous and anxious and fearful and tired and grumbling and complaining. It's obvious. It's obvious. This is the number one check. These days that we're living in right now are the absolute proof of what we've been depending upon as Christians. And it's work. I mean, really, when the Lord gave me this, it was like I couldn't wait for us to go every Sunday to be able to go, oh, there was another verse that was just great. I feel so much better. But the truth of the matter is, there is no, there is no refreshment until we look to the author and the finisher of our faith. Okay, now, truly, almost done. Jesus says, come to me. And I'll give you rest. Offload your problems to me. Cast your cares upon me because I care about you. Jesus doesn't want us, he doesn't want our faith to be contingent upon the hows and the when of the changing of our circumstances. As if we're wise enough and understand them enough to figure it out. Jesus does not want us or need us focused on the solution. We should be focused on his salvation. That's where we find rest for our souls. This part, my spirit's at rest. That's a reality. My flesh, forget it. Right here in the middle where I live and breathe and think and feel and process and communicate and react and respond and all that stuff, man, right now it's toxic. It's toxic. And what we need is to draw off of the life and the light yoke, the humility and the meekness of Jesus Christ to navigate these days. And then we don't have to walk through them. He walks through them with us. We can just watch how he walks. We can and I say, well, this is so, so nebulous. How do you do all that? How do you come to him? Well, he says how to come to him. In Matthew chapter 11, the first part, he's rebuking the cities. We won't get into that. And then in Matthew chapter 12, just after this, he's rebuking the religious leaders. But he's clearly demonstrating who he is according to John chapter 5, which is parallel to this. They still refuse to believe in him. And here's what Jesus says, come to me. He means believe in who I am and claim to be and what I'm able to do for you. So ultimately what Jesus is telling us is we need to believe his promises not your circumstances. We need to learn how to abide in him. So ultimately, coming to Jesus means believing and abiding and then obeying, living it out, doing what he did. Pretty simple, huh? Jesus says that the only place that our souls could possibly be refreshed is in hope. That's where we gain hope. That's where we gain hope is in believing, abiding, and trusting Jesus Christ. 
Believing, abiding, and trusting equals hope. And when the world sees how you believe, abide, and trust Jesus, they're going to see something in you that is not of this world. And they're going to ask you, what is it about you that makes you different? And you need to be ready to give a defense for your faith, not to explain the mysteries of the world. You need to be able to say, I've offloaded to Jesus. Christ lives in me. That's the difference. So I want us, we need, the world needs us to be refreshed. Who in here doesn't want to be refreshed just for their own good? And this is probably the simplest sermon that I've ever preached. But today we need to remember, we don't need more information. We need to remember that we need the resurrection of Jesus Christ and to live in the power of it every day, every day. And we need to repent for where we have forgotten. We need to lead our families well. We need to manage ourselves well. We need to be careful how we say and how we respond and how we end every day. And at the end of the day, if you're too tired, you don't need to go to bed. You need to crack open the word of God and spend time with him. You need to talk with him and draw his life into yours. If the world has ever need to see Jesus in action, it's today. That's why he has given us the world as a gift to be able to have him work through us, not just to us. And I love the idea of how it works. Listen, you're not even meant to bear the burden alone. Even coming to Jesus isn't to be done alone. We all need to come in mass to find the refreshment that comes from a life in Jesus. If you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus Christ, you're not following him, you, you believe, but you have never made a commitment that you're going to give your life to Jesus Christ, I beg you to do that today. If you are a Christian here today and you have forgotten who you are, therefore forgotten who he is today, I beg you, Make a firm new commitment today. Don't just do better. Make a commitment today that you're going to walk in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and see if it doesn't just change your soul. It will not change your circumstances, but it will change your processes. And if the world's ever needed that, if the church has ever needed that, it's today. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your example of how you lived it out and then commanding us just to do what you did. So we love your truth, but I pray that we would walk in your footsteps. You know, how do we respond to criticism? How do we respond to issues and circumstances and persecution and, and unbelief? And how do, we, how do we walk and navigate uh, communities that don't believe and don't trust you? And how do we go to work in and out? How do, we, how do we navigate? Lord, it's all there. So I pray that you would remind us. And thank you that you care for us. And in that care, you've made specific promises to give us your nature your humility, your meekness, your love, your care. So Lord, I pray that we not only receive it, I pray that we would also give it away. And Lord, this morning, I pray for a breaking of us. I pray that we would not depend upon, on, on who we've always worked like you are, 
our systems, our structures, but that we would peel all of that way, all that away and just see the throne room. Help us to fall in love with Jesus afresh. May we have personal revivals that light up our friends. May we experience a fresh anointing upon our, our families, Lord, that once we walked in and we have forgotten because we've let the distractions and the cares get in the way. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would give us a renewal, give us a refreshment, give us an intermission, help us to offload so that we can give it to you and watch how you carry our burden. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this promise. I just pray that we've got what it takes to walk in it day by day. Lord, I thank you for calling us all together because there's going to be days where I am incredibly weak and I forget and I need godly men around me to remind me. There's going to be times when you bring people into our lives that will forget and you'll use us to remind them. So Lord, I thank you that when we're tempted to take that burden back on, I pray that you'd give us the courage and the confidence and the boldness to speak to brothers and to sisters and to walk alongside. Lord, thank you for the family of God. Thank you for brothers and sisters of love. I thank you for the resurrection. I thank you for your ongoing patience and long-suffering with us. Lord, I thank you for the mission that you've given us to help people find and follow Jesus. And may we do that with a smile of hope, not a scowl of discouragement. Help us to live alive unto Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. This morning, just before we go, if you would like to talk, maybe, or ratify a decision that you know you need to make, I'm going to be right down here. If you want to have somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that. If you want to talk about getting engaged into a community group and begin relationships with other people and processing what God is teaching you, uh, Pastor Blake is going to be out in the foyer. Uh, talk to him and we'll get you, get you plugged into one of those, okay? So glad that you're here and I do hope you take the weight of this message and may it turn into a refreshing as you learn to apply it. You are dismissed. If you need help finding or taking your next step, send us a message at hello at myconnectchurch.cc.